Welcome to the Attractions Group Podcast, episode number 79, alongside your favorite curmudgeon. I'm Don Helbig with Ryan Sir. The man that's 40 years older than me is calling me a curmudgeon. Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine despite that. I'm fine. So, so Ryan, Super Bowl week. Who you got? Chiefs I don't care as long as Taylor Swift walks away unhappy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wait, who does Travis Kelsey play for? The Chiefs? But I'm still mad at the 49ers from the two Super Bowls they beat the Bengals in, though. Yeah, I think, you know, there's good storylines with both teams. And this is one of those ones where I don't really have one that I'm particularly pulling for more so with the individual players. I think it comes down to which of the tight ends have a better game for Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs. You know, or you've got the uh, the 49ers tight end, Kittle. So whoever has the better game between those two, that's who I think is going to win. But we're not here to talk Super Bowl. We're here to talk the attractions industry. And Ryan, what we got going on? So... So this episode is the one with the good gravy because we've got the director of communications and fourth generation owner of Holiday World in Santa Claus, Indiana, Miss Leah Cook Bloomhart. Leah, welcome to the show. Who do you want to win the Super Bowl? Um, You know, I'm from Indiana, so uh, the Colts. (laughs) I don't think that was presented as an option, but I would I would cheer for the Colts over either of those teams. You know, I grew up with uh, the Peyton Manning Colts, so uh, I'm I'm diehard. So, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Once once they're out, then I'm yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, most people, except for Don, are like that too. But so I mentioned that you're a fourth generation <laughs> owner, um, and Holiday World has a rich history with your family, with the Cook family. Um, can you walk us through the park's origins and how your family was involved with that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Holiday World started as Santa Claus Land back in 1946. Um, My great-grandfather, Louis J. Cook, decided um, he visited Santa Claus, Indiana, and he thought it was a real shame that you couldn't meet Santa. Um, And so he decided to start to build an attraction there. Um, I believe construction began in like 1945, and we opened in 1946. It was a small roadside stand with a little train, um, a toy shop and a children's soda fountain, and it's grown ever since. Yeah. You know, Lee, I went to the park several times, you know, in the earlier years, uh, the 80s, and then <laughs> early in, in the 90s, 1993, Splash and Safari Water Park was added, uh, transformed into a premier water park. You know, if you go to it now, I mean, it's one of the, the very best that you're going to find in the country. Thanks. Can you share some insights into this installation and its significance for Holiday World at that time? Yeah, so there are a few things that I credit with really putting um, our park on the map and uh, definitely adding Splash and Safari was a huge move. Um, My dad, um, my childhood was spent at a lot of water parks growing up uh, to the point that my sister and I finally now will actually go to amusement parks for vacation, but for a while we were burnt out (laughs) of uh, a lot of them. But um, Splash and Safari had a huge impact on us, so when we introduced it, it was two parks for one price. So it started us down our kind of value path that we continue today. But um, it also got us started. Uh, you know, my dad had kind of a storied history of building the biggest and the best of everything. And uh, a lot of that began in the water park. Um, Zimbabwe to this day is still one of the largest enclosed water slides in the world. Um, Zingo was the first funnel slide in the world. Um, and of course, wildebeest and mammoth um, were 
incredible water coasters. My dad built Wildebeests and kind of, I think, changed the water coaster game. Uh, I'm a little biased, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, truly, um, I think the the attendance grew only as fast as we could possibly add uh, water park capacity, and it really just continued to to drive people to the gate. And um, Indiana summers are hot, so it <laughs> it's never a bad bet to to bet on a water park. Yeah, let me ask you a follow up question. You talked about you know the more you built, the better the attendance net. Did you find as you built the, the the major attractions in the water park, or you put in new coasters, which one drove the best attendance? Um, so our our two best attendance increase years were uh, wildebeest and mammoth. However, um, there's always other factors at play in each of those years, so um, it's hard to isolate those as the the single greatest things, but um, it is interesting to see that the, those are definitely strong drivers of attendance. And so um, when we built Cheetah Chase in 2020, that's kind of what we were shooting for was to repeat that lightning in a bottle. And 2020 had other plans for us. <laughs> yes. You know, so a lot of the story of Holiday World involves risks and calculated risks and believing in your product and things like that. So let's talk about 1995 when the Raven was built. So that was one of the biggest risks the company made, especially up to that time. Can you talk about that and how it changed the landscape of the park? Yeah. So, um, you know, I was not to make anybody feel old, but uh, I was four years old when the Raven officially opened to the public. And um, I think what what's amazing to me is to think about um, how big of a risk the Raven was and how much we didn't understand what we were building. So I tell the story a lot that um, I'm actually the reason that the height limit on the Raven is 48 inches and not shorter. Um, I rode with my dad in a bench seat with a single lap bar. And apparently I tried to kind of shrink down under the lap bar. (laughs) And so he uh, immediately after that decided that was gonna be 48 inches and not uh, 42 inches, I believe. So um, sorry to all of those younger kids out there. Um, but you know, it was really intended to be a family coaster. It was not, we, we didn't really think that the Raven was going to be the, the huge success it was. We knew that a custom layout was going to be something totally different before that we had kind of had carnival style coasters in the park. Um, but it it was absolutely a calculated risk and the, the feedback from it though was incredible. And I think got my dad started down a, a huge adrenaline seeking path, both in terms of, uh, the actual rides he was building and the the risk he was seeking and the payoff he was looking for. Yeah, talk about the name a little bit, because I think at that time, I mean, and it's still to this day, it's withstood the test of time, but it just kind of really fit into that area of the park, didn't it? Yeah, so the Raven, uh, I believe, was inspired by an enthusiast. And of course, um, I'm director of communications today, but most enthusiasts know that Paula Werney was the director of communications for many years. and. Uh, of course, I have huge shoes to fill, uh, both trying to take over things for my dad and uh, trying to fill Paula's shoes as well. But um, yeah, so I believe that came from her discussion with an enthusiast and they, they kind of start, start, started talking about it. And um, there are a lot of little weird coincidences to tie into, uh, of course, Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven Poem. Um, and on our website, there's a few of those listed, but you know, there was... 150 years after the last Raven was seen in Indiana, I believe, 
um, the Raven opened at Holiday World. Um, so there's just some some odd little things, but I love that it's kind of a, a little bit of a, it can work on multiple levels. Cool, it's a little creepy, but also if you know the poem, if you know all the, the lore behind it, it's it's really interesting the way it turned out. Yeah, one of my favorite coasters. Uh, Holiday World also, you know, kind of a game changer in 2000, introduced the free unlimited soft drinks. You know, it's a pioneering move. So what factors influenced this decision? So the story goes that my dad was on a cruise and uh, he just loved being able to go and grab a drink, um, being able to go grab soft drinks anywhere you went on the boat. And it got him thinking and he thought, you know, is it too com complicated to get a, a soda somewhere? And I can tell you that um, we had experimented with um, doing like free soft drinks for guests who had booked picnics. Um, and so I remember being in the park when I was a little bit younger and trying to go get a drink and <laughs> complaining to my dad because I was like, there's all these booths around the park that give you drinks, like soft drinks, except I wasn't with a picnic, so I couldn't get a soft drink, so I had to go wait in another line. And um, yeah, he he started thinking about that. His wheels started turning, and uh, everybody in his family, everybody in our business thought he was absolutely nuts. Um, he, I think, got told by a few people on the IAPA show floor that he was absolutely nuts. Um, uh, famously, soft drinks are a high margin item uh, in amusement parks. However, you can look at it as that's a high margin item, or you can look at it as it's a very low cost item to give away. So it's one little touch that just says that we care about our guests and it's a very convenient thing um, to be able to kind of say, hey, we know it's a hot day, go out and get some Gatorade and not have to have people tell us, you know, well, I had to wait 15 minutes to get a Gatorade. Um, it feels good. It feels like we're serving our guests, which is what we, we aim to do. Yeah. So expanding on that, um, you, uh, for a lot of people nowadays, times are a little hard. Things are expensive. Uh, Holiday World has been named the top value park since 2007. So why don't you expand on the, the free soft drinks a little bit and tell us how Holiday World offers the best value in the theme park industry from your perspective? Um, so from the beginning, you know, uh, we've been a value-based park. We actually were used to be free and, um, we started charging for rides back when it was Santa Claus land, according to my grandfather, because, uh, kids were fighting each other over the ride. So we had to have, have a little bit of order and eventually that turned into tickets. But, um, really I think we're, we're in a part of the country that it just makes sense. People are a little bit more, uh, wary of being nickeled and dimed, I think, but um, times are tough right now for everybody. Um, but really for us, it's a matter of how can we best serve our guests? Um, free soft drinks, once it got introduced, we knew we had a hit on our hands and we won't be taking that away uh, ever, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and of course we have free sunscreen, free parking as well. It's those little touches that um, I feel take they, they take you out of the experience when you're walking into an amusement park, right? Every time you have to pull out your wallet, you, you, you change the relationship with the park that you're at um, because you're, you're reminded that this is a transactional relationship at the end of the day. And so when we ask you to get out your wallet, when you pull into the parking lot and we ask you to get your wallet out every time you're thirsty, um, I feel like it just kind of starts to tarnish that. And so what we're, we're in it for is to build an experience 
and to build a relationship with our guests. And I feel like it pays off, um, pays huge dividends in our, um, in our return visits and um, of course in our word of mouth. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, you talk about your added value in that. There's been many times I've gone there with friends that had no idea that the soft drinks were free or the sunscreen was free. And, uh, you know, you've got these great rides and everything. But on the way home, they're talking about, oh, that was really nice. I didn't have to spend $20 for drinks today. You know, so I think that's a, that's a really a great touch. We can add a lot of new rides and a lot of flash to the park in general. And uh, anytime I meet a new person and I say, you know, oh, yeah, I work at Holiday World, they go, that's the park with the free soda, right? Um, <laughs> so it doesn't matter what hardware we add. Um, it sticks with people. It absolutely does. Now, you've got a trio of wooden roller coasters, the Raven we talked about, the Legend, and the Voyage, beloved by guests. Uh, why do you think these coasters are cherished by both, you know, just regular guests coming to the park, but also the coaster enthusiasts? Um, first, I want to give credit to our incredible roller coaster maintenance team because um, your wooden coasters are only as good as your maintenance team, and um, our team really takes it incredibly seriously. Um, they they're constantly riding. Uh, they've got their altimeters that they go out with, or accelerometers they go out with. Pardon me. Um, and they're watching for each spot each season, and they know exactly where they're going to go the next season with their track work. Um, so first of all, credit goes to them for keeping those rides in top shape. Um, but second, I feel like what really makes this our trio of wooden coasters magical is I just think that each of them is the best at what they were designed to do. So I feel like the Raven, um, while we overshot a little bit on the family coaster and accidentally made it an incredible thrill coaster, um, it still is that unique in the woods layout. It feels like the ride of a raven um, and the little things that we do. So the raven is kind of famous for an S turn right at the end. And we made that S turn a late addition to the ride to save a row of trees. Um, so it's these little things that can, don't feel like they're making, changing the history of a ride, but they do um, and they make them so much better. Um, the legend I feel like was designed for those lateral G's. And uh, there aren't a lot of coasters out there. Of course, the beasts I, I have to give uh, respect to and uh, we pay homage to, I feel like, with the legend. Um, but there aren't a lot of wooden coasters out there that really do laterals um, in the same way. And I feel like it's very inspired by, you know, it's the legend of Sleepy Hollow and it's uh, the side to side race kind of jerking you around. Um, so I feel like it's just, it's special because it does exactly what it set out to do. Um, and then, of course, whew, I'm going to take a breath to get started on the voyage. Uh, <laughs> I think it's it's an airtime machine. People love it. But I feel like it's almost two incredible coasters put together. Um, the first half of the ride, I feel like, would be an amazing coaster on its own. And the second half of the ride would be an amazing coaster on its own. But then you put them together and it's just it's relentless and I, I struggle to explain to people who haven't ridden a lot of wooden coasters how to prepare for it because I'm like, it's it's not just intense, it's, <laughs> it is going to be uh, unlike anything you've ever ridden before. You're gonna be, you're gonna hit that, that uh, the trim breaks in the middle and you're gonna think, wow, that's the end of a great coaster and you're just getting started. Um, and again, so I have to come back around to our, our coaster maintenance team makes 
truly incredible choices and they they make it the ride so rewritable um and um yeah it's a testament to them that those rides are standing the test of time you know leah when i ride your three coasters there i can never decide which one i like the best because you know i'll ride the raven and i'll say you know, this is my favorite one of the three and there's always those different reasons why you're going to like each one you know they're they're not the same ride everyone's so different and then I go ride Legend, and now that's my favorite one. Then I go ride The Voyage. Oh, my gosh, how can I ever top this? Then I go back and ride The Raven. Oh, it's that one. So I think that, you know, when you have three rides like that, they're so different, and they're all, you know, just outstanding coasters, and you've got them all in the same park. That, uh, you know, that's that's one of the things that just makes Holiday World special for me as a coaster fan. We've been told that... Uh... Uh, any one of our three wooden coasters would be a signature ride at any other park. Um, and so to have all three at one park um, is almost not fair. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Leah, we're talking a lot about these wood coasters. Let's get on to the good stuff. And by that, I mean Thunderbird, <laughs> because Thunderbird is my favorite coaster there. And previously, it was Voyage, which was, I mean, to attest to what you were saying, one of the best coasters ever built, hands down. And and I never really thought about it being two good coasters in one, but that, that's the best way I've heard it put. So Thunderbird's a wing coaster. And uh, wing coasters, to me, they, they often just don't do it for me. Like, they're fun. I've ridden several of them in North America. They're, they're a good time or whatever. Thunderbird is not like that, though. Thunderbird is an experience like you wouldn't believe, you know? So my question is what caused you and your team to decide to do a wing coaster, especially a launch wing coaster? What's the story behind Thunderbird? So, um, in 20, let's see, 2013 ish. Um, we set out, we knew we were going to build a B and M coaster. We had kind of made up our minds on that. And so what we did was we went back to drawings that my dad had actually worked on uh, years before with uh, B&M. And um, at the time, the wing coaster hadn't really come into existence yet. Um, so we, we had a few people on our team who had ridden the wing coasters and felt like it was the better kind of family option. Of course, you know, it's a steel coaster and it's a B&M. And so it's got a higher height requirement. So um, it's not going to be a perfect family ride, but at the same time, we knew we would, didn't want to alienate our visitors with something super intense, super tall, you know, any of those extremes. Um, and the, I feel like what makes Thunderbird really excel in comparison to other winged coasters, I feel like other winged coasters are beautiful, like chef's kiss, graceful rides and Thunderbird does that but because of the launch because we have a shorter train it punches a lot more and the pacing gets a lot tighter um and that one i would like to claim credit for but i think other people have already said it by the time i did um when we were looking at building it we already had x flight up in chicago we already had uh dollywood we already had uh cedar point so i was like the midwest is the place for for wing coasters why are we adding to the noise here? Um, and so we, we all kind of started out sitting down having that conversation of what do we do? What can we do that makes this special? What makes it different? What makes this unique? 
in a geographic region full of wing coasters. And so the launch came about, we, we had heard that uh, B&M was looking into building a launch with a coaster. And so we kind of started asking like, hey, would you consider combining these things? Um, and going back to the design and going back to um, what my dad had originally, um, he was going to do a suspended coaster and uh, he just never quite pulled the trigger on it. And it was always that he, his goal ride was to do something very Star Wars inspired. He wanted flight, um, like flying through the woods. He wanted the, the low and fast. Is it the Ewoks? I think I'm going to give myself away. It's not a good Star Wars expert. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have other things I'm really good at being nerdy about. Uh, but he really wanted that that low and fast to the ground, which uh, you know Thunderbird isn't exactly, but we we were aiming to kind of replicate that feeling. And we thought being on the side of the track is something totally different than, you know, that when you're suspended, there's just a little bit of, you know, extra airtime you need above the a little extra space you need above the ground. So um, yeah, I think it turned into a beautiful and great product. And I would love to say that we knew exactly what we were doing, but um I feel like sometimes happy accidents happen and <laughs> thankfully that happened for us just because we decided we didn't want to copy every other <laughs> Midwestern uh, wing coaster. Well, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a different experience than all the others. And the only thing I don't like about it, Leah, is it pulls me away from the other three wood coasters because now I've got to go ride this too. So, uh, but no, a great addition to the park. You know, I, I think the setting where you have it too adds a lot to that ride. We definitely spent a lot of time um, thinking about the theming and developing the story behind that. And that's become a, a huge part of how we develop rides now. Um, if I go back through the generations, um, I describe it as the, the first generation built the park. Um, the second generation, my grandfather, he kind of grew the town of Santa Claus. So he built um, Christmas Lake Village. He He got interstate 64 moved a lot closer to us so that way it was a, a more realistic journey from an interstate to come visit us um my dad obviously grew the park significantly adding our uh our water park and of course adding our wooden coasters and i call our generation the storytelling generation this is our our goal with everything we do now all right let's talk about your drone show uh, how was that uh, received by your guests last year um, so last year was our second year of Holidays in the Sky, and guests love it, and it's continuing to grow as we go. Um, so when we first set out in 2022 with Holidays in the Sky, we had 300 drones, and we said, we're going to do this for one year, one year only, um, and maybe if we like it, we'll consider doing a second year. Um, and of course, it turned into a, a great success. And so uh, last year, we added another hundred drones and um, it definitely continued to grow. So it's been great to see the popularity of that grow. Um, I didn't say this on this podcast, but um, if you check our calendar, you might see some drones on the schedule for next year. So um, we're, we've kind of decided that we're going to keep sticking with holidays in the sky until it uh, dwindles in popularity. But so far um, last year's numbers were even bigger than the year before. And, Guests love it. Guests want a reason to stay and hang out and holidays in the sky has given it to them. Also, if you haven't seen a drone show before, it's 
really difficult to explain and you just kind of have to see it to to really believe it yeah just a great way to cap off a day at the park right yep so you're having drones next year you might be doing something else okay not okay i I, i'm guessing you're having drones next year i'm also gonna guess that maybe you're adding a vacoma family boomerang next year so huge huge teaser campaign that that led into it we were hearing about it here in the cincinnati area um you know you got coverage of it throughout the united states talk about that i mean that's that's a lot of attention for a family coaster <laughs> so um i have to thank the the people of Vacoma. so we we were so careful on our project names for all of these things and the enthusiast community and a local Evansville, Indiana uh, stage, like news outlet uh, um, spotted the, the package coming overseas with our anchor bolts. And uh, that gave away that we had a family boomerang coaster coming <laughs> to Holiday World. Um, and the whole time we were talking about this tease campaign, we, we just kept kind of coming back around to how do we, how do we have fun with this without misleading people? Because we don't want to have this whole tease campaign where we build up this whole thing and people think that uh, Hyper or Giga or, Giga or something huge is coming when it's going to be a family boomerang coaster. It's going to be fun. We know it's going to be perfect for, for our demographic, but we know that enthusiasts are the people who are really paying attention to our tease campaigns, and we don't want to disappoint them. Um, so when the, the Anchor Bolt shipped and they uh, said family boomerang coaster on them, that gave us the freedom to really start to have fun with it because we thought, well, the cat's out of the bag. And um, at that point, we already knew that the the hardware was just a piece of what we were going to do. Um, so for us, it was kind of easy. We thought, okay, that Band-Aid has been ripped off. People can love it. People can hate it. But we're done with that part, and we can go have fun now. So um, we really got to get into it. Um, the, the concept for Good Gravy started from uh, originally we had a water ride there. And we were looking to replace that spot with a water ride because we had all kinds of infrastructure and pumps for water rides. Um, it turns out that those are not easily translated between manufacturers or <laughs> um, anything. So basically, we're, we found out that we would have to redo everything and basically build a new brand new water ride there. So um, that became less viable as time went on. We just kind of kept looking for the right ride. But at one point when we were looking at a water ride, somebody made a joke of like, what if we just called it like, you know, the gravy boat and had a bunch of gravy boats floating in the water. And so it kind of started as a joke and we went, actually though, that's kind of funny and, you know, kind of uniquely holiday world. So um, as we went along looking for new replacements for that area, the gravy boat thing stuck. Um, so we just kind of kept going with it. And uh, yeah, when we landed on the Vacoma Family Boomerang, one of the first questions we asked was, how are you going to make the gravy boat train? <laughs> um, <laughs> and they, <laughs> of course, every manufacturer is like, oh, well, we can do anything with the train. But um, we had a lot of fun with it. And so, um, yeah, once we sat down and started working on the Tease campaign, finding the name for the ride, um, we decided that we didn't want to just <laughs> name it the gravy boat because that sounds a little bit like a water ride um and then you know the gravy train sounded a little bit too uh 
too much like a uh, money grab thing. And that's exactly the opposite of uh, what holiday world is here for. Um, and so we, we liked good gravy and we thought that's kind of fun that it's more of an expression. And we felt like it paid homage to rides like fire in the hole where it's not really a, it's more of an expression as a name for a ride. So we, we liked that. Um, and so we, yeah, once we, once we had the name, once we knew it was going to be a gravy boat, um, we had a great design firm that we worked with that's local here in Indiana um, that helped us kind of bring the story to life. And um, once we had the, the concept for the queue, more of the story started coming alive. And that, that was all uh, my brain as we work through a lot of this stuff it starts to create this whole world of uh, <laughs> these characters. So if you go to uh, the goodgravycompany.com. Uh, there's a whole backstory to the family and the characters behind the the, the tale of Good Gravy, and um, we just had so much fun, and that allowed us to kind of come up with little pieces that snippets that we could pull. And I feel like that's the kind of thing that people grab onto, even if they're not going to go online and read the whole thousand-word story that's on the the Good Gravy Company website there's something about that um, specificity in the storytelling that I think people just really enjoy. Um, they don't necessarily care what the full story is. They just want to know that there is a story and we had a ton of fun and uh, the goofier, the better to the point of uh, sending chicken timers and whisks to some of our favorite influencers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nobody had more fun than you and your team with this teaser campaign. I mean, it, I, I really think that helps to, I mean, if, if you guys aren't having fun, how can your guests, right, with the things that you're doing? But uh, talk a little bit about, um, you know, the making of that teaser, you know, video. How did you find the actors and things for it? Um, so that one, I that the the vision for the video came to me uh, one day, and I kind of started writing it down and started typing it out, and I sent it out to um, our chief marketing officer, uh, and he. We, we talked about it a little bit and he sent it on to our director of marketing because she was the person who kind of was managing the, the production of the animation. And she looked at it and she said, well, where are we going to get the actors? And I said, what do you mean actors? Like I heard, I thought voice actors for sure behind this, but I thought, you know, we'd pan across like a little computer generated table as you went through all this um, and maybe see some stock footage of a gravy boat or something, you know, I thought it was going to be very simple. And when she looked at the script, she said, well, we have to cast the grandparents. <laughs> and I thought, no, are we going to be, are we going to do that? <laughs> um, just because I was like, I don't think I've ever seen an announcement video where somebody put like a right announcement video where somebody put live actors in it. Um, but she was like, I think you have to. So, um, she went through our advertising agency. Uh, they've got some great casting people that they worked with and uh, she held auditions and uh, yeah, we filmed the, <laughs> we filmed the intro at a house that is on property for our company that we have previously used as offices <laughs> um, that just happens to be kind of perfectly preserved in the sixties. Um, and we had uh, a lot of the kids in the video are just kind of local kids that we knew um, we knew their parents or whatever, but um, it truly turned into just a fantastic shoot and 
so much more than I could have ever dreamed of when I first sent that that Word document with the video out. Again, I thought we would maybe maybe pay for some stock vo video footage uh, to show some gravy at a table or something, but nothing quite like that. And she turned our director of marketing really turned it from a little nugget of an idea into a production, and it, <laughs> I think it made the video. Uh, outstanding. Well, it's certainly the most unique That's announcement right we'd ever seen. We remember discussing that, but you know, continuing with good gravy, um, it, it's we keep on mentioning that it's a Vacoma family boomerang, which is true, but the experience starts uh, well, it really starts in the whole Thanksgiving section. But walk us through like going through the queue as well as like the elements of the ride that make it really unique, yeah. Um, so first of all, I loved that. So when our we first started working with our design company, they came up with the idea that um, we would have uh, like an area to this ride that wouldn't just be the coaster itself, that we would have like a whole section with its own feel. And so um, it's Stuffing Springs is the area within the Thanksgiving section that you'll be entering. And uh, to get to the ride building, you will actually go over like a little piece of concrete that looks like a bridge and there's a little stone pathway underneath that looks like a river. Um, so you literally be going over the river uh, to grandmother's house. <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> all the little things, but the, the station itself of course is an experience before you even get to the, the boomerang. Um, and that's going to you're going to travel through grandmother's house along the way. And as you get closer to the, the actual ride, you're going to get to the kitchen and then to Thanksgiving dinner. Um, but the ride itself, um, we we knew from the beginning, we don't really do. We haven't really done any sort of like standard layout, anything from most uh, manufacturers. And so we knew we were going to go with something custom. And Vacoma really hit it out of the park with this. And um, we learned from. Thunderbird, uh, one of the most important elements of a, a good wing coaster is having those near miss elements. Um, I feel like one of the most successful thing parts of Thunderbird is the carousel that goes through the barn twice. Um, that was dreamt up by a theming company and we just, we love that so much. And so we thought, what can we do that we can kind of take this and add some near miss elements? And so, um, our chief marketing officer started sitting down um, and my sister who is our director of entertainment and events also is heavily involved in the creative process for all of this. So they got to work. Um, and so we worked with 3DX out of Cincinnati and they helped us come up with some good Thanksgiving sculptures that are larger than life. So as you're out on the, the course, you're dodging um, a giant whisk a giant stuffing box. Uh, there's the giant chicken timer, uh, just all of these cute elements. But what I am the most excited about is um, <laughs> as we looked at the designs, I, I don't think it quite communicates it the same way as when you look at it in person, that first turn out of the station into the giant cranberry sauce. That's can, my favorite one. Too. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be truly incredible. And when you look at the pictures now, um, the turn just looks so tight. I can't wait to get on it right now. Um, that turn really is going to whip right through that station and you're going to be in it. Um, so I, I think that's going to be a surprise element for sure. Yeah, Leah, Holiday World was promised to open the first Vacoma family boomerang in the U.S. We heard that on your podcast. 
great show, by the way. Uh, can you elaborate on this arrangement that you had? Yeah, so, uh, well, I mean, truly, when we start working with a manufacturer, um, it's always hard to kind of get a feel for what else is going to go around it. Um, so you have to kind of feel them out for, it's, it's hard to tell, you know, are they going to build, you know, 10 family boomerangs in our area in the same year? Um, and of course, they're under an NDA with every individual park as well. So it's hard to get it out of them, but they can answer some general questions like, you know, are we going to be the first one to open, um, things like that. So we we got it out of them as we were working on the project that they confirmed that, yes, this would be the first uh, family boomerang opening in North America. Um, and so we, we couldn't really get a whole lot of promises or guarantees, but they said based on our timeline that <laughs> we could do that. So um, as the process went on and as we went to go write the press release, I think we probably asked them about 20 to 30 times just to be sure <laughs> because we never want to be wrong on that. But, um, but yeah, um, it worked out perfectly. I mean, for us, we just saw the product um, and saw the way it was being received um, overseas, especially in the way that um, I feel like one family boomerang turned into 20 overnight in Europe. Um, and so we thought there's, there's something magical happening with these and we absolutely needed a, a family coaster to round out our portfolio of rides. So it was the perfect fit. So I know that um, upon the announcement of the ride, you released some like made to thrill posters and stuff like that. Talk about, I, I know you're probably not prepared to unleash like every bit of merchandise and stuff, but talk about some of the merchandise that you're going to have, uh, what you can say. Um, absolutely. So um, yeah, we, we worked with made to thrill early on this because we knew that, Made to Thrill has the perfect kind of vintage look that matches with the good gravy aesthetic so well that we, we knew we had to have something from them right away. Um, but there's a, still a lot more coming. So um, one of my favorite things is there will be a limited edition uh, collectible good gravy gravy boat. Um, so it will be a ceramic gravy boat that has kind of the pattern that's going on the train on it. Um, I've got the, the sample sitting in my house right now, um, but it is so cute and it's going to be only 720 made and they will be numbered. Um, so that's going to be a kind of a cool collector piece coming. Um, but of course there are other things as well. So if you buy a large dip and dots anywhere in the park, it will come in a, a good gravy gravy oh, boat. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, I think we're changing it. We, we introduced it at the end of this past year and I think we're changing all the signs in the off season. So that's the, the boatload of <laughs> dip and dots. Uh, <laughs> we missed that opportunity at first. Um, but we have, um, thankfully my, my husband works with, with retail stuff. So, uh, <laughs> I get a little preview of everything coming. So we've got like a little, um, chicken timer plush that's going to, it's so cute. Um, that'll be coming out. Uh, we've got a whisk, we've got a keychain that has all of the little accessories, the, the stuffing box, the, all of the, the big things that you'll see out on the course. Um, we've had a ton of fun with this and, uh, we've got an apron, uh, I believe oven mitt and pot holder set that's got a little print with our chicken timer whisk, stuffing box, milk carton, all of those 
and kind of an all over print on it. So there's, there's some really cool stuff and we've been having a ton of fun with the merchandise. Well, I will be buying a lot of it. I know that I'm very excited. I mean, I just, it's just so cool with the name and the logo. I mean, you, you want to have it all, uh, but good gravy, not all that's new this year at holiday world. Talk about your website, the changes there. Yeah. So um, our current website is, uh, going on 10 years old right now. So it's definitely time for a refresh. Um, we really started looking at this in earnest about a year ago and um, our department really went with a user experience first approach. And uh, we found a company that we felt really would focus on the user experience as well. So we're uh, developing my, my favorite thing that I'm the most excited about is our today at the park page is going to be uh, truly um, an incredible experience. So you'll find ride show, uh, sorry, you'll find any ride closures there. You'll find any restaurant closures there. You'll have show times there. We have something called daily deals. Um, so these are automatic deals that happen every day in the park. Um, so Sunday is going to be one deal. Monday is going to be another deal. I think we have like Dole Whip Wednesdays. Um, and it might be like a dollar off a Dole Whip or something like that. Um, and so those automatically happen. If you go to a stand and you order a Dole Whip on a Dole Whip Wednesday, you automatically get the discount. Um, so those will be listed and automatically loaded for you. Um, it's going to be a very interactive and very um, easy to use experience. And um, for us, um, we're going to have a lot more work to do <laughs> to keep things updated because uh, we'll actually be able to to take show times off um, easily, but show you that the show time would have happened. Um, if there's severe weather coming into the area, we're gonna be able to alert you from the website. Uh, if the worry-free weather guarantee is, uh, weather, worry-free weather guarantee is activated, um, we'll be able to click a button and automatically everything across the website's gonna show that to you. Um, we're very excited and it's going to have nice, beautiful, fresh uh, drone imagery greeting you right when you land on the homepage and fun animations. And uh, my personal favorite, I'm not gonna ruin the surprise because we're launching in just a couple weeks, but if you scroll to the bottom of the homepage, uh, you're gonna find a really cool way to interact with our history. Very cool, very cool. Looking forward so, to it. Uh, you know, and we talked about rides and you know different attractions, stuff like that, but one of the things that, is kind of a buzz uh, with Holiday World is how the culinary experience has kind of been elevated over the past several years. Can you talk about that, that evolution and how it affects the guest experience? Yeah, so our food and beverage team is knocking it out of the park in the last couple of years. Um, so there are things that we had kind of let go or things that we just had were never able to do before that um, we're able to do now. So, um, I'm trying to think of some specific examples, but like what comes to mind for me is um, at Santa's Mary Marketplace, um, we used to have braided crust on all of our pizza. And it turned out that the specific dough that we used to do that during the fall became uh, too difficult to proof, uh, took too long. And so we were serving people undercooked dough on their pizza and that doesn't work. So we had to switch to a different type of crust and that type of crust wouldn't allow us to braid uh, the pizza crust anymore. So uh, a couple of years ago, we made another switch to a crust that we could actually braid once again. So if you go to Sam's Mary Marketplace, that little touch, um, I just feel like it just shows somebody cared. Somebody put some effort into your pizza. Um, but 
uh, I don't know, our food and beverage team has been firing on all, all cylinders for several years now. So they come to us um, middle of the season and they'll say, hey, we just thought of this thing. What do you what do you think? And they'll just hand me samples of whatever they're working on. Um, they're so creative and uh, they're especially getting into um, our special events. So for Kids World, our event that happens uh, mid-August through mid-September, uh, they've really, this past year especially, got into doing some really creative, cool things. Uh, they brought some, like, boba drinks, and I think the first day they prepared 100, and they sold through them in a couple of hours because they thought, eh, a few people will try this, but um, turns out it was very popular. But uh, there's a lot of bright colors that come to you during Kids World. And then for Happy Halloween Weekends, uh, more incredible things. My personal favorite was a Monster Burger, I believe, that we introduced last year for Happy Halloween Weekends that will be staying around now at our Halloween restaurant. But it has uh, garlic cheese curds on it, which um, that's a high recommend <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, they're, <laughs> they're always experimenting now. Uh, and I just think it's it's taken our food and beverage program to a whole new level. And I don't know. I, I wish I could say that uh, this was all one person or something like that, but it's just, we've got such a great team and they collaborate and you can see how passionate they are for creating um, memorable food experiences at Holiday World and it shows. Yeah. When I was there last summer, I mean, I can attest uh, it was off the charts good with, you know, with everything that I tried that day, but let's talk about your location. You're located within a three hour radius of the following cities, Louisville, Indianapolis, Nashville, Tennessee, Evansville, Indiana, Cincinnati, uh, St. Louis, Bloomington, uh, Indiana. You got Lexington, Kentucky, Owensboro, Kentucky. Um, you know, when you're that really close, I mean, it's like you could get up in the morning, drive to the park, spend the full day, and you're back home by midnight uh, from all these locations. So to me, that would make a Holiday World season pass a great value for individuals living in these markets. So can you talk a little bit about uh, your season pass program, what's included? Yeah. Um, so first of all, I like to say that we are uh, in the middle of nowhere, but not far from everything. Um, <laughs> I feel like all of those cities, like, uh, I don't know if we just got lucky or what, but to be about three hours away from everything is um, pretty incredible. Uh, but yeah, to your point, it's a pretty drivable spot for most uh, most of the major Midwest cities out here. Um, and so season passes, first of all, I love that we've got three levels. So if there's somebody who just, you know, wants to come a couple times, we've got summer fun card. You can visit, uh, Sundays through Sundays through Fridays. So no Saturday visits and it goes through, uh, Labor Day, but, um, that's a great value. Um, our regular season pass, uh, is a little bit more, but you get a 10% discount on food and beverage as well as merchandise. Uh, you get uh, our bring a friend tickets. So um, those are adjusted by month. So in July, you'll get the fewest number of uh, bring a friend tickets. But uh, in May, you get uh, several and you can bring those and they're unrestricted in May. Um, there are so many options and so many little perks. And uh, one thing that most parks don't offer that we do is all of our season passes have a $5 discount on lockers. So if you go into Splash and Safari, you're gonna get $5 off any of the locker prices, which I think is a great deal. Um, and of course we have our platinum pass as well. So that gets double the amount of bring a friend days. 
um, as well as 20% um, off food and beverage. And um, of course we have some beginning of season events for our platinum season pass holders and season pass holders. So platinum season pass holders will be among the first to be able to ride good gravy um, and visit the park for the season. And uh, season pass holders will have that Sunday following. Yeah, it sounds like a good value. Now, Leah, you guys are well known for having a lot of fun on your social media and, you know, interacting with enthusiasts and families and so on. And especially like your podcast, uh, the, the ho wo po as you call it, just to prove that I do listen to it, uh, is a lot of fun. Can you, can you tell us like where to find you on social media and if you have anything to say about that? Yeah, follow us. Uh, we're Holiday World on, I think, every major social media channel. Uh, just at Holiday World, and um, I'm so glad that you like our social media because we just got a, a new social media manager this past year, and I want to shout him out because he he does such a great job, and uh, he's a little younger and a little more hip with it than I am, so <laughs> he's been doing a great job. Um, but, but yeah, and then of course, um, search the the official Holiday World podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, discover the value waiting for you at Holiday World. Leah, thanks for joining us on the Attractions Group podcast. Thank you so much for having yeah, me. Yeah, we'll have to do this again once Good Gravy opens so we can um, talk more about Thunderbird. I, I mean, talk more about Good Gravy. <laughs> I, I don't want it to appear that I'm ripping on Good Gravy or any of the, the three wooden coasters. I'm a really big Thunderbird fan, to be clear. I love that ride. So thank I you for that. giving the world Thunderbird. Thank you. <laughs> But Thank anyway, uh, yeah, make sure that you follow uh, Holiday World and all the major socials and look for the official Holiday World podcast, all your favorite podcast apps. You can listen to it when you're done with this one, when you're done with this one. Um, <laughs> and uh, what is it? Holidayworld.com for more information, right? Absolutely. Uh, you got Leah, it. Yeah. Thank you once again for being with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank well, you. Everyone stick around. We got the pick six coming up next.